are we having a party here? I don't know. Polishing profits. BSC industry experts share strategies for growing a thriving cleaning company. Hello, and this is Mark Anderson with another edition of Polishing Profits, and I'm here with Sharon Cowan and Mr. Ed Selkow. How's everybody doing today? Doing great today. We're upright. We're up. We're upright. We're above ground. We're Is above that like ground. To say? We're upright. <laughs> so well, since we're really upright good. and above ground, I mean what? that's really good. That's really good for us. Yeah. <laughs> and with that said, welcome to the party. So we're going to continue. We get a lot of questions on walkthroughs, and sometimes it's interesting. We get them not only from people starting up, but even seasoned veterans forget to do some of the basics. So if you, we're just going to talk through the key things that you need to pick up, questions you need to ask, and things you need to be looking for, both the psychology and the physiology of the site itself, and about the things that you can do to make sure that you get all the information you need to get the best number possible. So, Ed, you had an axiom. What was it? Just that the business of cleaning is only about numbers. The rest of it means absolutely nothing. It's got to do with numbers. If it's a business, it has to do with numbers. Okay. And the numbers start right here, correct? Mm -hmm. Yep. This is where it begins. First thing out the gate. So everybody may or may not know this, but let's just look at the physicality of the building. So, you know, Sharon, I'm, I'm thinking what kind of questions do we need to ask? There's thousands of questions, but you can't ask a thousand questions. So if you've got to be central and get the things that are going to help you win the proposal, what should we definitely make sure is on our checklist? Well, one of the first things you want to know is the size of the building. And we break that down into cleanable square footage and non-cleanable square footage, because there will be portions in most all buildings that you're not going to be cleaning. So if you get the general size, and let's say it's 15,000 square feet, you want to make sure you know how much of that is cleanable. In other words, how many square feet are you responsible for? 12,000, 10,000, whatever. Examples of that would be things that we don't clean, not cleanable, that would be in the gross square footage, would be like elevator shafts, utility rooms, um, HVAC mechanical areas. These are some of the areas that take a gross square foot number and turn it into something that's cleanable. Right. Exactly. You know what? I think to that point, we were talking earlier before we fired up the video here in the studio. We get numbers from people. In other words, we're looking at our nice little package and it says to Sharon's point, well, we've got 15,000 square feet here. We'll go to Ronald Reagan, trust but verify. It, you need to make sure because nothing nefarious or bad coming from the people presenting. Oftentimes, they just grab a number, and it may be the gross footage. It may be the interior footage. It may be the footage of everything under the sun there. The, to your earlier, your last two points, we're not cleaning, you know, utility rooms, shafts, areas that aren't occupied, all this sort of thing doesn't go into that. So, don't accept at face value it's 15,000 square feet. Make sure that you confirm and validate that. Otherwise, your bid could be off. 
Let's right. let's talk a little bit about square footage. Okay. Okay. Let's do it. All right. As far as cleanable and non-cleanable, that's the beginning. Okay. Another huge factor is how much is public area, okay, and how much is occupied area, okay? okay yep. There's a couple of different ways that professional people look at this, okay? So you've got the whole building, which is from outside wall to outside wall, which is not a true number because it's a little bit smaller, <laughs> all right? And um, the rule, so you, yeah. you've got your gross square feet, okay? And then you've got your usable square feet, which is the area that the tenant himself or itself occupies. Okay. So give me an example. There's three companies on the first floor, three separate companies on the first floor. Okay. They each occupy, say, 1,500 square feet. Mm -hmm. Okay. But they share the hallway. They share the restrooms and so forth. So what we want to know is we want to know what all of those numbers are, okay? In commercial real estate, the rent is based on the square footage. The cleaning fee is based on the rental rate. Yeah, they have a common Period. fee. Your common Period. fee is broken out from your exactly. fee. Exactly. So when I tell people that I didn't charge anybody for construction cleaning in my own buildings, it's because there was space that I wasn't getting paid for before that once it's occupied, now I'm going to get paid for it. Right. Okay. Yeah. So there's no reason to jerk them around with, you know, let's just clean the damn thing up and let's get the tenant in there and, you know, I'll send the invoice. <laughs> yeah. And it's a point they have, you have a fee for common areas because they're always open, even if there's one person or one division occupying that space. So you've still got to clean those versus the empty space. I think the now other there thing- is, There is an authority on this, and this is all set out and generally accepted from the BOMA, from the Building Owners and Managers Association. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that define what the square footage is. Right. They create, it's theirs, they, it belongs to them. So in, in case you wanna do some a little bit further, you know, take a look at the BOMA square fit footage. Go yeah, into and detail. I, and ISSA has got some information on those things as well. So this information is readily accessible, but this is just a reminder of the things people tend to miss. <clears throat> as long as we're talking footage, how many people use that footage? And there's two groups of people that use the building. There's the occupants and there's all the public visitors that come into that building. So you need to know not only how many people are in the building, but what kind of traffic does that building? I'm not going to go down into the weeds with this because this can get very specific when you're in medical buildings and practices or hospitals. But how many people are actually dirtying everything up in those public areas on the way to that office? That right. does affect the amount of square footage that you're going to clean as well. Yeah. And, and the soil load. I use a common with my clients. I use a kind of a really simplified example. And that's if you have 10,000 square feet to clean of office space, let's just say it's no public coming in, totally mm -hmm. owner occupied. Do you have 15 people working in there or do you have 30 people working in that space? And just that visual helps you understand why you need to have that density, we call it density, Density. Why you need to have that density information. 
how many people are going to be using those restrooms and how many, you know, is it 10 versus 30? Makes a huge difference in your productivity rate and your cleaning and how long it's going to take you to clean that space. An easy way to think about that is walk into your average bank branch and you've got three to five people spread out in that office space. Right. You take that same space and instead of a bank, it's the telephone operation of an insurance company where wow. there's 30 people in the same space. Right. And that makes a difference. How many trash cans? We did a lot of large campuses. We didn't do commercial office space, but it's the same thinking. Yeah, you go the same into thing. a building. And if I had a group of engineers in a building, my density or number of people per square foot was far different than the executive offices, which sure. were far different than the warehouse office. So that starts to tell you how much time per floor you're going to need. So you need to know what the densities are. And in larger jobs, they have all that information for you. But if yep. I've got 400 people on one floor and 100 on the other, Obviously, one's going to be a lot dirtier. The restrooms are going to be used a lot heavier, and it's going to affect my workloading or my engineering on that particular site. So, again, not to get in the weeds, but those are things that you need to know and understand. If you're not looking at the building, it's really hard to ask those questions. One last thing on that point, though. You cannot, if you have to include client supplies, restroom supplies, you cannot figure that out without density. There's right. no way to know, there's no way to estimate paper products and trash liners without that density right. number. There's one way I can do it without having that. Send me your historical consumption records for the last 12 months. Yeah. Right. That or <laughs> another option is we will purchase the supplies for you at a discounted rate and we will supply them based on your use and we will invoice those to you. I did that a lot. And let me tell you, it saved me a lot. Saved me yeah, a if lot. Yeah, if they'll take the invoicing. I used yeah. to hate those things when they said you've uh, got it. I mean, I loved it that way because I never got screwed by the people that stole the toilet paper. Right. And people put it in their handbags or whatever, and they take that stuff. And that happened to me a lot. So I just went to this other system, and it was perfect. It was a profit center for me. And I charged them a warehousing fee, delivery, fine. And sometimes it was drop shipped right to their. Yeah. And th those weren't bad. Those were invoice plus whatever margin or yeah. margin you want to markup you want to put on it. Excuse yeah. me. So, yeah, I'm talking about the ones that have put you in the place and there's, you know, thousand people and they want the supplies yes. included. Yes. That gets tough and you've got to have conditions under which that can be reviewed. I learned all that the hard way. So. And yeah. I used to hate to see that. I want the supplies included. It just makes you want to cry because it's 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 a crapshoot at best, even when they give you the information. It is. I mean, it, it really is a, a guessing game. So well, we used also, to review yeah, that every the, 90 days. The, the ratio of men to women is also key. Yes. Yep. Particularly you know, on supplies. engineers is not going to do the same thing that, you know, that a, a pink collar ghetto for an insurance company somewhere. So. Well, and one of the other things we want to know about is the access hours. What kind of hours are you expected to be there? It's an overnight job. 
where you're locked in, uh, something you can't access till after 11 o'clock at night, something you can access after five or six in the evening. I mean, all those kinds of things are important for your staffing. Do you have a staff that can work overnight? Do you have people that are available the hours that you're going to need them for this particular account? So these are important things to take into consideration. And what we're talking about here is not the obvious. These are some inside tips that we've figured out working and bidding, I guess, between the three of us, tens of thousands of buildings would be my right. best guess. I wouldn't put a number to it. And these are the things you have your checklist we talked about earlier. Design one for yourself. Use it. Look at it. Keep it around as a reminder, even if you're a seasoned veteran. I used to go down a checklist for I went based if I had the scope of work for I went had a whole checklist of things so it gets the right information because we're back to what we talked about in an earlier podcast this is your first PL and these numbers are only going to be as good as you understand business and the facility and sometimes I will tell you you guys have had it too you don't get that here's our numbers here's everything you're getting we're not messing with a walkthrough, single individual or group. We want a number. And they have to be prepared to be able to do that as well. And mm -hmm. you have to know what questions to ask. And the things we're talking about here are those questions you need to ask, either whether you're there physically or you have to confirm it to compile a number to get to the short list. Anything else for uh, this? I think we've pretty well covered a, a good sampling of just thing, other things to think about. You build your checklist with the obvious, and then the other things to be thinking about and how to look at the information. Anybody got any closing thoughts on that? I mean, it's a pretty straightforward topic. Yeah, well, <clears throat> as far as restrooms go, that throws your square footages off a little bit. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the thing to be counting is fixtures. Yep. If there's a pipe, it's a fixture. It doesn't matter, you know, if it's a urinal or a sink or it doesn't make any difference. If there's a pipe coming out of the wall, it's a fixture. Yep. And then exactly. you put your minutes per fixture yeah. based on everything else we just talked about. How many public people, how many people are using this stuff, people going through it and everything right. else. And you can't just take a restroom count. You have to yeah, count. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, work. Right You've got to count fixtures. Yeah. Yep. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, that'll get somebody going. That'll get some folks going. Yeah. So let's see. How do we wrap this thing up? Anybody got a good wrap up rather than we'll just next week with some psychological questions on picking okay. the brain of your prospect during the walkthrough. So go ahead and jump. Yeah, the first. Oh, go I'm ahead. sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. no it's ahead. the first time. It's the first time that we're we're planning our presentation. We're planning yeah. our presentation from based on what we're hearing and what we're seeing. Uh -huh. And so that's another reason to pay special attention. The Scrub Down, a recap of what was covered on today's episode. You know, it used to kill me on the, you know, on the big walkthroughs where there was, you know, a whole bunch of different companies. There was people that weren't paying attention. Right. You, you know what I'm talking about? Those people that are, Absolutely. you know, they're too cool to count anything, you know? Yeah. <laughs> okay. That, that or they're the incumbent. <laughs> yeah. Or they'll, yeah. Or, or they'll go through and I, I had them. Like where they'd run their hand along the top of the stall and find dust and make a big deal in front of everyone, embarrassing the incumbent that 
you know, oh, look, I found this dirt. That's so tacky. <laughs> So yeah, but you're, yeah, but you're really not you're not really embarrassing the incumbent. What you're doing is you're saying the facilities person is an idiot for bringing yes. them in there and letting the building look like that. Yes. That's really what it is. Yes. So. And for our next for our next podcast, we'll be talking about how not to embarrass yourself and others on a group walkthrough. That's Common true. courtesies and etiquette that should be used regularly. That's very important. Very important. We don't want any baseball caps backward. <laughs> okay. My you, got, you all should have grown up out here on the West Coast. So anyway, that concludes this episode of Polishing Profits, and we'll see you in the next one. And thanks for listening. If you've got any suggestions, comments, you know, short of uh, go away and don't come back, we'd love to hear them. So anyway, yep. that's all we've got for today. We'll see everybody in the next one. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Adios. Adios.